Hi everyone, it's Matt and you're listening to the third episode of the 2020 series where I interview 20 world leaders and game changers in the year 2020 and share them with you here on the Greatness Everyday Podcast. A new episode is released every Monday, so be sure to listen to the rest of the series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Our guest today is Michaela Johnson, who will help you inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and speak your truth with grace. Michaela, I am excited to get to know you a little bit more. I've listened to some of your podcast episodes and I thought it'd be great to talk to you today to learn what you're about. So could you please tell our audience listening who you are and what you do? Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me on. I love what you're doing. And I think that um, more now than ever, people need uh, this kind of inspiration to just raise the collective conscious. So I'm really excited to be here. And I I hope that your listeners are able to um, take some valuable tidbits away and um, you know help them on their way to a happier life. So I am a licensed psychotherapist and award-winning author, podcast host, and founder of The Revolution, Be You Find Happy, and actually have a really exciting um, motivational journal for women coming out in the next couple of weeks, too, that I'm finally allowed to talk about. So um, just all things motivation, inspiration, um, courage, living an authentic life, and definitely, definitely speaking your truth with grace. That's, uh, that's what I'm all about. So thanks for having me on. Great. I appreciate that. And, it's, and these are the people that I want to connect with, people that are kind of living out their greatest life. That's what I do here, kind of examining that question. What does it mean to live a great life? Uh, what does that involve as well? Um, so happy to surround myself with people like you for sure. Um, who's your kind of target audience? Is there one kind of person in general that would be a typical audience for you? I've yet to meet someone that that just has life completely nailed down and it's <laughs> like, oh, you know what? I am I am perfectly happy. There is nothing I want to attract in my life. Um, so I think that uh, people in general are ever learners. I think that's just how we're um, how we're kind of wired and programmed as humans. And so really, um, my target audience is anyone who is looking to just expand um, their happy factor and draw a little bit more peace and contentment into their life. But truly, um, I do find that, you know, in general, it's usually women, um, often moms, um, Mm -hmm. that are, you know, kind of out of their, out of their teens and into their twenties and probably before their fifties who, um, you know, maybe have found themselves in relationships where they're, they're not speaking, um, from the heart and they're not living their authentic life. Um, people who are afraid to take the courage, um, that it requires to do the things that they know would better align with who they are and what they want in life. So those are generally the kind of people that I find coming into my psychotherapy practice and definitely I think who my podcast speaks to. Um, Yeah. So. Great. Yeah. And I think that I know there are people that meet that niche listening to my podcast because they, they either stumble upon it or it's recommended to them. Um, and some of those things I can talk to and speak to a little bit, but there's definitely some of the stuff that I can't. So we're excited to get into it today. Um, you said you're a licensed psychotherapist. You are an author. You're an entrepreneur. How did you get to this spot where you wanted to go through and kind of create the platforms that you're creating to get your message across? What was your path that got you here? 
you know, you bring up something it's, it's ironic and not ironic because there are no accidents, but I literally just got done typing, um, one of my e-journals that's going to go out later this week. And it's about that exact topic. It's about the fact that every single one of my screw ups in life, every single one of the muddy roads that I weighed down, you know, weighted down and found myself knee deep in, um, is really what led me to here. It's what led me to now. And I think, um, if, if somebody had told me, you know, 15 years ago when I was working as a marketing director for a fortune 500 company that I would someday lead a happiness revolution, I would have laughed them out the door. Um, and it really took, you know, it was, it was not any one thing. It was every one thing. So it was, it was everything kind of leading to the next thing and me always just being open to the journey and recognizing that, uh, it's okay if it was a dead end because truly there are no dead ends. Everything that we've done in our past helps us somehow with our next life experience. And, um, so, you know, it was kind of like just being a yes person and, and really being open to trying new things and failing. And I think a lot of times people in life, um, don't, don't tackle their dreams or, you know, attempt their goals because they're, they have that fear of failure. And, and the reality is there is no failure. You know, there, the only failure there really is, is, is the attempts you never took. So for me, it's been a long journey to get here of a lot of stumbling blocks and uh, picking them back up and stacking them on the foundation to kind of create the tower that I've created now. Awesome. I like what you said there. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't any one thing in particular. It was every one thing. I've never heard it said that way before, but I can relate in my story at least. Uh, and I talked about this briefly on episode one of our series where it's amazing how you can eventually someday connect the dots when you're reflecting and looking at back and really kind of discovering how you got to be in the place that you are right now. Uh, and I can speak to that for sure. Starting here, greatness every day. Like a lot of people that know me would say the exact same thing. What Matt has a podcast, what Matt, goes on YouTube and he makes videos and what, what are they about? They're about helping people live their greatest life. Like Matt, the same Matt I know. Uh, so a lot of people <laughs> would really kind of, and I had a conversation with a friend last night who um, didn't really know what I was doing. He's like, what are you doing in this time? I said, well, I'm still working and I'm grateful for that. And I'm really kind of diving in again on my business, like taking advantage of the time that I have right now. He said, what's your business? And I, and I showed him and he's like, whoa, like, I would have never expected this. And this is, uh, you're doing some really cool stuff with it. So connecting those dots is something that I've thought about uh, a lot lately. You also kind of hinted at the fact of you're trying to help people take advantage of the opportunity that is present right now. And with this whole situation we're going through, I believe there's a massive opportunity right now for people to number one, just be present. Number two, reflect, uh, and number three, change what they want to. Um, so with this massive opportunity right now to change your life, what are your thoughts on this? You know, in general, I've, I've been saying for quite some time now since, since uh, really before this started, but especially after this started, that there's really no better time than now to be the you that you want to be. And I think that what the C word has done is it's created a space of simplification. So if before you had a million excuses, why not? 
now you've got the best excuse ever for why. And I think that, um, you know, when we strip down all of the things that were clouding our mind, you know, rushing our kids to soccer practice or, you know, constantly fighting the traffic to get to our job and those sorts of things. And we do away with that. We're really left with this opportunity to kind of go within and to really look at what we want in life and ask ourselves why. And I think so many people have a great opportunity right now to connect to their why. Why am I in this job? Why am I doing this, this hobby or not doing this hobby? Why am I in this relationship or not in this relationship? So I, I think that, um, or, or, you know, even why do I have the habits that I used to have? Like maybe you did happy hour every Friday night and now you don't do that, you know? So I think there's just this great opportunity and simplification to tap into the instinctual, um, and insightful self that we have that we've really clouded with all of the things that we pile on. And, um, and the other thing too, that I've been really talking about, and you know, it's funny cause for, for quite a few years in my therapy practice, when clients go through any kind of trauma or loss, I've talked with them about creating their new normal. And it's so funny now to hear that, that phrase coming up all over the place. Like what is our new normal going to look like? But it's so true that, um, you know, we can't dwell on what was, we need, we need to take a look at, at what can be. And, and I think that the people who are going to rise stronger through this are the ones who are going to tap into their resilient nature. And, and so often we do this um, um, subconsciously when we're children, you know, we fall off our bike and we get back up and get back on our bike. And that is practicing that kind of emotional resilience. And so now we just need to take a more cognitive approach to our, our resilient nature and really tap into that. And I think the people that are going to come out of this so much stronger are the ones who are looking at that and realizing um, that they have the grit within them to make something great. 100%. Uh, you brought up the idea of the new normal. And I've seen that. I, I was listening to a speaker talk about that the other day, and he was just kind of discussing how everybody wants things to go back to normal. Everything, Everyone wants to have things as they were. And he's like, there is no normal like it was the new normal is coming about and really if we're going to take advantage of it we need to like you said be focusing on the future and what's to come and establishing and creating that new normal for us one of the things I, i've talked i honestly wish i trademarked that <laughs> yeah oh yeah for sure I, I, I sent out my e-journal back in february and it talked about the new normal <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I, you know, like I wish that I'd, I could have, if I had a nickel right now for every time somebody Absolutely. said <laughs> Because uh, yesterday, I'll tell you this yesterday, um, I was listening to that a few days ago and then yesterday I'm like, hey, that'd be a good thing to throw on a t-shirt and I'm no lying, like I, I designed it in my head. I didn't design yeah. it, but there you go, a good t-shirt idea for you. Um, one of the things that, that I really focused on is yes, during this time, there are some key, uh, characteristics or traits of people that are going to be successful. You talked about resiliency and I definitely agree with that. Uh, the two other things that I think are important are number one, focus, focusing in on what's important to someone and tuning all of the other things that aren't important to them out. Uh, and number two, delayed gratification because our world is so instant, instant, instant. And with that, um, obviously we're stuck at home. We're not able to go out and do the simple things that we get gratification from a lot of the times. If we talk about 
materialistically um, or experiences and things like that. What are some of the other characteristics aside from resiliency that people that are going to be successful at the end of this are going to say they demonstrated throughout this time? Mm, that's a great question. And I really, I really like what you tapped into a little bit about instant gratification. I think that we've definitely become a world of, um, you know, by now <laughs> one yeah. swipe. Um, and I think that's definitely shaped our ability to, um, to, to live a happy life. I, I truly do mm -hmm. because, you know, it takes the hard work. It takes the low to really experience the high completely. And when we remove that piece of it, that component, then we're left with kind of always wanting for the next thing because this thing just didn't last long enough in the way of our happiness go, you know, as far as our happiness goes. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of along those same lines, I think people that are going to come out of this stronger are going to tap into um, just a feeling reward from basic human things. And, and so by that, I've even seen a lot lately on Instagram and things like that. People who are, um, you know, growing gardens or growing tomatoes in pots and, um, you know, people who are suddenly raising chickens, backyard chickens yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, spending more time in meditation or mindfulness moments. And I think that the people who are able to really tap into that basic innate human desire to simplify and create and, um, and hard work are, are the ones who are going to feel the most reward from all of this. And in so many ways, um, you know, mother nature needed a break and she took it. Definitely. <laughs> um, and I think that we can really look at that, uh, as a, as, as a species and just say, maybe we all needed a break too. Yeah, and maybe, um, there was not, you know, re you know, recycling our, our plastic bags and not using plastic straws and whatever, all that stuff was not going to create the immense change that this one thing has. And, um, and it really shows to the power of us as a global community. And I think that, um, if you have, any awareness of energy, then you, you have to be, um, feeling some sort of shift that's happening. And if you can embrace that shift as this beautiful tidal wave that you can ride and not fight it, but float, then you're going to come out in this beautiful space and, and you're going to end up in a place that you would have never drifted to if you'd fought this tidal wave. So uh, I think that there's this great opportunity to just kind of flip over and float right now and, and be a part of what's happening in a positive way. Yeah, that's a great perspective and actually something that I think you talked about on a recent podcast episode. You had a, a guest discussing how to move forward into the unknown with courage. Um, obviously that's a big topic about what you do and as well as your guest, I believe. Um, what are some tips that as people are in this spot, they've reflected, they've kind of stepped out and said, this is what I want to create in my life. What are some tips uh, for listeners trying to move forward, but wondering how to do it? 
I think that it really breaks down to um, looking at what is tangible, like what action can you actually take and what is within your control. And so immediately things that come to mind are controlling the input of negative things that you're receiving. So if the news is stressing you out or if, um, you know, if you're trying to start a business and you're worried about funding, maybe, maybe try to avoid negative conversations about where money is going to come from and focus on the little things you can do, like applying for a loan or getting your books in order so that you can um, have the proper paperwork that you need to apply for a loan and really take what is tangible, actionable steps that I can take small ones every day um, towards that goal. Courage. Look, if I were to decide that I wanted to become a private pilot, right? I wanted to fly small airplanes. The first time I get in a plane, I'm, I'm not going to be full of all sorts of courage <laughs> because I'm not knowledgeable yet. I haven't started to learn all the tools and, and take action towards education and things like that. But once I start to understand more and I, and I can tap into the why I want to fly and the why the airplane flies, then I can start to have that courage because I understand it better. So I, I think tap into your why. Why do you want to do this, this thing? Why is this a dream or a goal of yours? And, um, and then start taking some tiny little action that creates more understanding and awareness so that you can have more courage because courage comes from trust and trust comes from um, both a space of like a faith and also action. So, you know, you don't, you, you can't do one without the other. So in order to build courage, we, we have to kind of trust um, and that has to come from action. What can I do today? What's one small thing that I can do today to build the trust in myself that ultimately leads to my courage? Yeah, definitely for people listening right now, you said starting with the driving point of the why, the why that you have. I think for me and what I do is that why is so important and so critical to what I do because it is the thing that uh, allows me to be resilient and stay focused on what I want to accomplish with uh, my business and really kind of gives me the energy and really dictates how I structure my day and how I structure my life and, and the people I have in my life. So that why is important. And then I like what you said there about taking action on the simple practical things that you can do, because a lot of the times, um, obviously there's a quote out there that says something along the lines of we, um, overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a lifetime, right? Um, I just think to uh, people that I have talked to who my mentors walked me through creating a 10-year vision. And he said with students that he's mentored over the years, um, many of them are creating their 10-year vision. And in the first three to five years, they are able to accomplish the majority of those things in, in a much faster time frame because they get clear on what they want and why they want it. And then they also get clear on laying out the action steps uh, of how to actually accomplish those. So I'm glad you shared that with us here. We're going to get into a few more topics um, that really typically is not stuff that we often talk about here on the Greatness Everyday podcast. We do talk about happiness a little bit and we know that is kind of your specialty and what you enjoy talking about, Michaela. 
Um, so a few questions I have here for you. Number one, uh, the first one that we'll start off with is this could be a very tough time for people in relationships in some regards, uh, personal space alone, um, being cooped up in a house, a small apartment, wherever somebody is listening can be something that just adds to the many things that go into creating a quality uh, relationship. So during this time, but also in general, how can people find happiness in their relationships? It's a great question. And um, what my go-to is, is are you able to communicate your truth and in a way that's graceful? And mm -hmm. if the answer is no, if you're not able to show up as your authentic self in your relationship, then you're probably always going to struggle in some way in your relationship. And as you start to define who you are and what you want and where your core values lie, you need to be able to continually share that and have it be received and validated. So um, I think it's really important to model the kinds of behaviors that you want to receive. So if you are not feeling hurt, are you listening? And um, if you are feeling suffocated, are you allowing space for your partner to experience freedom? And I think that a lot of times um, when we start looking at the way we want to be treated and um, how we're communicating what our needs are, we can start to improve our relationship immediately. And, and, and this goes... Um, to the full exclusion of phys physically abusive relationships, right? So <laughs> if, mm -hmm. if we're in that kind of a relationship, that's a whole different ballgame. But for right now, for people who are maybe unable to, um, to create a healthy relationship and don't have much in the way of options, I think it's really important to create a physical space in your home that's a safe space for yourself to go to and make it spa-like. Have there be, you know, um, some candles or some, you know, a diffuser with some oils and, and then download an app like Insight Timer and go to that space to, to listen to an app that can help kind of reset what you're feeling from the day and things like that. And then make sure that the people in your home know that when you're in that space, that's your you space and that it's, um, it's not shared and that they're, you know, to give you some, some private time. And, and then I think that um, just really modeling what you want. So, so if you want, you know, if you want people to listen to you, then be an active listener in their life as well. Modeling is a great um, tip for people because I think that if we're going to um, look at somebody else's actions or, or something else, I think it ultimately starts with us looking at ourselves uh, when we're able to speak into or question something else for someone else. So I'm glad you said that. Um, and physical space, the physical environment is something that I've um, always been interested in how it affects us as humans, how it affects our um, health, how it affects our energy levels, how it affects things like our relationships. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Um, the physical environment also affects our kids. How can we kind of raise happy kids as families are really kind of looking at this time where I'm a high school teacher. Uh, I am actually reaching out to high school parents right now and kind of checking in and saying, hey, how are things going? Um, I'm talking to the students saying, are you in a good routine? How is everything else going as well? Um, and I'm getting a lot of different answers. So during this time, if we look at parents listening to this, something I can't speak to right now, um, how can you raise happy kids during this time? 
You know, I think parents, what, what often happens is that we think we're in the driver's seat of our child's life. And what we need to remember is that our role is actually in the passenger seat of our child's life. So it's important that we enable them to make choices and have natural consequences from that space. And the only time we're really taking the steering wheel or taking the keys is if it's life or death. So in other words, you know, our, our job is to say, Hey, it's kind of rainy out. You might want to slow down and let them make that choice and let them have that experience and let them have that consequence for those actions. Um, parents, I think start to experience a lot of emotional turmoil when they feel like they are the driver and that they need to make all of the decisions and that they need to shield the children from any consequence that could ever happen. And really that's setting our kids up for failure. Um, we need to enable them to experience their life. And, and that is what's going to help them, you know, grow into, adults who are able to maneuver through all of the things that life is going to throw at them. And there is some freedom in knowing that we can give our child a choice and then detach from the responsibility of it. So in other words, if, you know, if you want them to like, let's take a little one, for example, who's maybe throwing a temper tantrum about taking a bath. Um, you know, you can position a question like, would you like to take a bath now? Or would you like to take a bath after you brush your teeth? <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and um, allowing them to make choices constantly that are simple and reasonable is um, is really empowering way um, to to parent and to relieve yourself from kind of the arguments and the turmoil that can come from that. The kids are going to in turn feel like they're able to have a voice and they're able to um, see something to fruition. Just like we talked about earlier um, with instant gratification and, and that sort of thing. Um, when we allow them to make mistakes and we allow them to experience life, they learn. And, and there is so much power in that process. Yeah. The, the voice and choice, as you had said, the choice piece there, I also believe that voice choice relationship is something that is very powerful for anyone. Um, but especially for, for, for I'm, my example would be for students because that's my world. Um, I think that when my students have been given opportunities to um, share what they're thinking and make the decisions rather than me just telling them what to do. Um, our relationships better. They're more intrinsically motivated to uh, do well in my courses. They are um, just happier in general. So I'm glad you shared that. Something for me to reflect on as right now we aren't obviously in an actual physical school location, but we're moving into our online learning uh, where I live at least. And um, something that I definitely need to kind of continue to even though our environments changed, incorporate into the stuff that I'm doing currently. So I'm glad you shared that. Um, happiness, let's continue with that. A lot going on right now. There's a lot of headlines out there that are very scary. They are meant to get your attention and get you to click on the article and read or listen to the news or, or whatever. So with all this fear, with all the scarcity that's happening in our world right now, with all of the things that are there, um, frightening people. What are some simple practical things that we can do to actually find the positive, to find the joy, to find the happiness in spite of the fear? 
I, I mean, I think that the number one thing that I've been sharing with my clients most certainly is limit your exposure to the negativity. Uh, what are you really hoping to get from that? And, and unless there's something that you're specifically looking to answer, there's really probably not a good reason to be buying into fear-based um, media or, or any kind of negative stuff right now. Um, we know what we know at this point and I don't, and I don't think it's going to change much. So, so the reality is the number one thing is just limit your exposure and that goes for people too. So if, if there are people that, you know, you want to talk to on the phone or people in your household that tend to kind of be negative Nellies, just call it out and say, you know what, I, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm really not in a space to be able to listen to this right now. And so I think you're going to have to call someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just put it out there for what it is. But as far as tapping into your positivity, I think that the number one thing is there is always something to be grateful for. I mean, it sounds cliche to say silver lining, but there really always is a silver lining. And I'll give you a personal story just to share. Um, we had a very, very tragic, tragic thing happen last week in our family. We had rescued a toy poodle um, back in October, he had just kind of showed up. Um, he was severely neglected and it's been a long journey, but in the past six months, he's really started coming out of his shell and playing and he's been going on hikes and his nutrients were, you know, finally, um, coming up and he actually jumped off of something and broke both of his front legs last week. And it was absolutely horrific and traumatic and devastating. And, you know, we went to the emergency vet and because of COVID, they were euthanizing dogs in the parking lot. It was absolutely tragic. Oh. And, um, I, I, I felt more crushed in my spirit and in my heart than I felt in a long time, because this little guy has already been through such mm -hmm. a hard life. And, you know, he was just starting to turn the corner and to have this happen and to see him just in so much pain. And yet at the end of the day, you know, I allowed myself to feel all that sadness. I allowed myself to feel all those emotions. But then the next day, the next morning, um, I, I really started to look at what I was thankful for. And I was thankful that I wasn't someone that was having to euthanize my dog in the parking lot. I was thankful that I had the financial resources to care for him. I was thankful that I'm home right now and can be home with a two-casted dog. So I think that, um, you know, positivity isn't always positive. Sometimes it's just finding the one thing that makes it feel a little better. And, um, you know, you could say, well, if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have to find that, you know, but the reality is it did. And, or you're going through this thing that hurts or is sad or is painful or is angering you. What is something in it that you can look for that makes it feel a little bit better in your belly? And sometimes that's all we get. Sometimes that's all we have. Yeah, I'm glad you shared about gratitude because actually gratitude is really kind of the, what started me on this journey, this path, whatever you want to call it. Um, because for those people that haven't listened to our podcast before, uh, it's not something I talk about often, but a few years ago, um, the story goes to creating what I do now is number one, I was about to go back to work, uh, at the end of the summer, which I'm always excited about. Uh, I was going out for a, a cycling ride one day and I came pretty close to getting hit by a truck. 
truck stopped within like two feet of hitting me and it would have hurt. I don't think it would have really ended me. Um, but I think it just would have hurt a lot and who knows what the injuries would have been a result of it. But that was something that put me, put things into perspective for me because that combined with the fact that, um, my girlfriend that I was dating at the time, uh, was headed away for a while and I wasn't going to be able to see her for who knows uh, an indefinite amount of time. And, um, that was something, those two things kind of happened at the same time, which for me was very, um, I'm not very emotional at all. I'm pretty level. Um, but just because of those two things happening at the same time, kind of put me in this like day two funk where I just kind of was like sitting around feeling sorry for myself, um, not looking at all of the things that I had in my life to be grateful for, even though I wish those two things had gone differently. Um, I found myself in a spot where I said, Hey, like, I'm not going to waste the last few days of my summer. I'm not going to, um, wish that these things were different. Uh, I'm going to just be present and look at the things that I have in my life to be grateful for. And really with that, that started gratitude every day, eventually led to me starting a podcast, which said, Hey, I actually want to talk about more things than just gratitude, which is still something I talk about uh, quite a bit because I I believe it is extremely powerful, is extremely purposeful, and it's extremely contagious as well when we share what we're grateful for. Um, so I'm glad you kind of tied gratitude into here, what we talk about today. And if we're, we're talking about how to be happy, I think it starts and ends with gratitude. So it's a great point. I'm glad you shared that. Um, because my world is teenagers, and I know that you have an interest in this as well, um, for teenagers that I talk to that want to go on and accomplish big things, they've got really, really big goals. Uh, and that's awesome, but they might not know where to start or their resources might be limited uh, or any other reason that they're, they're seeing, what tips do you have for them listening? Because I know you can speak to this uh, who have big goals and limited resources. I think the, the biggest challenge with teenagers is that their whole life they've been asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I like to challenge the idea that, um, you can be everything that you ever thought that you might want to be. So if you were seven years old and wanted to be a chef, and then you were 13 and wanted to be a professional baseball player, and then you were 17 and decided you really liked law and ethics, you can become all of those. You can do all of those things. And, um, I really think that we've done a disservice to the kiddos of America by uh, limiting them into the idea that they have to be any one thing. Uh, They can be all those things. In my lifetime, I've been photographer. I've been a 14er in that I've hiked a 14,000 foot mountain. I've been a marathoner. I've been a lead singer in an all-girl rock band. Uh, you know, I've been all wow. of these things. And, um, and now, you know, obviously the ones that you hear now, psychotherapist, author, I've been a marketing director. I, I've traveled the world and joined the 100,000 mile club. So, so many different things. Um, and it's just a much more empowering way to live your life, knowing um, that if you want to, you can accomplish all of these things. And perhaps you won't be a professional baseball player and a world renowned chef, but perhaps you'll play baseball on a recreation team and own a restaurant. 
who knows? Uh, and so try to look at your life as a, a slate of all the things that you'll be and that all of those potential dead ends are going to be amazing opportunities that will stack onto the next thing in your life. And um, don't let anybody, you know, tell you that, that, uh, that you have to do just this thing because it's financially the right thing, or this is what your dad or mom did, or this is what's going to make you the, you know, have the best living in life or whatever. Do all of those things. Don't, don't be sequestered into one thing. That's funny you, you say that because I can speak to when I was in high school, I, I had a high school teacher who uh, I looked up to quite a bit, ask me, he said, Hey Matt, what do you want to do? And I told him, I just want to do everything. And that conversation <laughs> I can remember having with him. Um, and, he, and he told me specifically, he's like, you can't, you have to choose. Funny thing is now it, the story kind of comes full circle. Uh, this teacher that I know has started a business. His business is doing very well. And we had a conversation the other day. I'm like, how are things going with work and with your business and all the other things? And he just said, he's like, I remember talking to you in grade 12 and you telling me you wanted to do everything and me telling you that you can't. He's like, now I want to do everything. So it's pretty funny uh, that you see that. And, I, and I'm still that way. I'm always somebody that likes to have my hands uh, in different things and being involved in and where I am doing uh, the best job that I can possibly do at it. Uh, and I think that there needs to be uh, more encouragement for people, regardless of if they're young or they're old, just to kind of realize the insights that you shared with us there. So I'm glad to hear other people pushing that agenda because um, as society, it's often pushed the other way. So uh, I'm glad to hear that. Uh, in this year, 2020, what does it hold for you? Because I know you, you mentioned at the beginning that you have like a, a notebook or a guide coming out. Can you tell us more about that or just other exciting things that the year 2020 has and hold for you? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm super excited. I've, uh, I've taken this downtime, um, to really kind of take a look at all of the alignments that I have. And I have so many exciting things. I recently became a guided meditation teacher on insight timer, which is, um, I don't know, 2 million, some people that use insight timer for guided meditation. So really honored by that opportunity. I do have, um, my motivational journal for women coming out in June. And that has been a big culmination for me because it was a dream of mine to become traditionally published, um, by a certain age. And I, uh, <laughs> I can check that off the list now. Awesome. So that's really exciting. Yeah. The podcast is, uh, you know, doing great things. Um, and I'm just really uh, excited to continue to inspire people and hopefully see my words take a more global stage. That's, that's uh, ultimately what I, what I dream of. So, so we'll see. Great. I, I'm thinking about another person that I've had on our show before um, who lives in my area. She's very similar to you. I, I definitely want to connect the two of you afterwards uh, because it sounds like that. you're doing some, some very similar things. Uh, and you could both um, obviously kind of run with that for sure. Uh, in the end, at the end of every episode, I sit down and I ask people, socially distant, I guess, of course, right now, I ask people what their definition of a great life is. So I'm going to ask you that question in, in just a second um, because sometimes people like to think about that one for a little bit. So, so for me, all the content that I create 
um, ties into somehow bettering people's lives, challenging people uh, to live their greatest life. And for me, that's why I started what I do. It was a challenge to myself. It was a challenge to say, hey, I'm not going to be complacent with the life that I'm living. I want to get the most out of life. And I'm really going to push the envelope and address and question and go discover what it means to live a great life. And the whole reason I do a podcast or YouTube, which is my main platform or any other platform is to challenge and encourage people uh, to do the same thing. So what is your definition of a great life? I think it's just being an ever learner and continually tapping into what I believe to be my inner truth and soul purpose, as well as um, really tapping into what um, what is a peaceful life for me and um, continuing to do that work so that um, when I do eventually leave, I know that I've left a legacy that um, fulfills what I was here to do. Learning, truth, legacy, those are all great words that, that I'm striving for as well. So thank you for sharing that uh, with us, Michaela. Where can people listening connect with you? Because I know you've given us some great insights and we've really only covered legitimately just the surface level. I know there's things in here that people want to know more about happiness and relationships or with kids or teenagers going on for goals or any of the other things that we talked about. So I want to make sure that people have the chance to go connect with you. So where are the best couple spots to connect with you and find out more what you're about? Yeah, the easiest place is to go to beyoufindhappy.com, B-E-Y-O-U, findhappy.com. And all the links are there, you know, stuff um, regarding the podcast and my books, as well as some great free resources, like a free happiness starter kit is there as well. And I really welcome uh, people to kind of join the movement that, um, that I'm leading over there. And I'd love to have you along my journey. Appreciate that. And I'm definitely going to take this time to take people over there. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and I really enjoy podcasts because you can consume them passively while you're doing other things and really kind of let your mind go with the content uh, that you're discussing. And you've got some great podcasts, great episodes, and a lot of really cool guests from what I've seen and, and heard uh, already. So I'm going to be checking that out a little bit more myself. And I'm definitely going to encourage listeners to go over and do that right now. So our guest today is Michaela Johnson, who helps you inspire you on your way to happiness, live a courageous life of authenticity, and speak your truth with grace. This is our 2020 series, where I interview 20 world leaders and game changers in the year 2020. 20 and share them with you here on the greatness everyday podcast we release a new episode every single monday this is episode three so you've already got a few to go back and listen to if you haven't already so uh connect with us please connect with michaela you can find the rest of our podcast episodes on apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, and more michaela thank you very much for being here and i hope everyone has a great day